Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen, and I thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Go subscribe there. Uh, get your free top 200 study guide. Uh, it's a 31-page PDF, so plenty of info there. Uh, I pulled out some of the most common things that you actually see in practice, as well as some of the most common things that you see uh, in board exams pertaining to uh, pharmacy and pharmacology. So uh, go get that for free, no cost to you, simply just an email there. With that, uh, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is liraglutide. Brand name of this medication is Victoza, or it is also called Saxenda. Now, this drug is a GLP-1 receptor agonist. It's mostly used in diabetes, but the Saxenda product can be used for weight loss. Now, if you remember mechanistically, uh, so GLP-1 or human GLP-1 is an incretin hormone within the body, and that helps basically regulate insulin secretion and more specifically, glucose-dependent insulin secretion. So when you eat food, blood sugar rises, and we get a release of insulin to store that that glucose. So GLP-1s help utilize that process. It also reduces glucagon secretion. Um, So those are are two really important things for maintaining normal blood sugar and and managing uh, diabetes, of course. Uh, In addition... Incretins have also been associated with slowing gastric emptying. And that's probably where the benefit from weight loss or weight management comes from, in that patients tend to feel a little bit more full, uh, and they may potentially eat a little less, and that's going to uh, potentially help with weight loss, weight management. Uh, Now, as far as a diabetes medication uh, the Victoza, the brand name Victoza for liraglutide. Uh, the guidelines for diabetes have been changing. ADA guidelines are typically what most uh, clinicians utilize. And those have been uh, switching a little bit where metformin is uh, not necessarily as emphasized as first line anymore. We're starting to look at patient-specific factors. So one classic example here is ASCVD. So if somebody's at high risk for cardiovascular outcomes, negative cardiovascular outcomes, uh, we might look towards a GLP-1 or an SGLT-2 uh, before we even start with metformin. Again, not to say that metformin's bad or anything like that, but if we've got a patient-specific reason uh, to utilize one of these other medication that has shown benefit for something like cardiovascular risk, we may go to one of those uh, agents first there. So again, liraglutide uh, being a GLP-1, uh, that's a situation uh, if patient has ASCVD where we might look to use that medication uh, even prior to uh, utilizing metformin. And I do want to mention uh pearls.com slash RLP, uh, Real Life Pharmacology, that's what that stands for. So again, pearls, P-Y-R-L-S dot com slash RLP, uh, has a great PDF of this. It's basically a cheat sheet uh, of the uh, ADA guidelines. 
And it's been really helpful for me just to look at it and help process it. Uh, it's really simplified as to, um, you know, what the flow of which medications you should utilize. So again, you can get that at pearls.com slash RLP. Great little refresher on the 2022 diabetes guidelines. Uh, adverse effect profile. So we got to mention that. So I try to think about mechanistically how the drug works and what kind of adverse effects we're going to encounter because of that. So that's slowing of gastric emptying, that promotion of uh, patients feeling full and potentially eating less. As you can imagine, if that gets a little extreme, uh, we could get into GI issues. And uh, nausea is the most common thing that I have heard patients report with this medication. And in some instances, it can be severe enough where the patient wants to uh, stop the medication. So the titration schedule for liraglutide is really important to follow. Uh, dosing is is typically uh, 0.6 milligrams daily for a week, and then go up to 1.2 milligrams, and then go up to 1.8 milligrams uh, is generally the, the process with a week between increases, and that's done for tolerability purposes primarily. Okay, So important to, to definitely remember that. Uh, other adverse effects, uh, if it's if that nausea is severe enough, certainly we could have some vomiting. Uh, diarrhea has been reported. Uh, there is a couple of warnings, or excuse me, one uh, specific boxed warning that I wanted to mention, um, thyroid C-cell tumor risk. Uh, so if you know a patient has a history of thyroid cancer, they've reported that to you, uh, that's definitely something you're going to want to look into uh, and make sure we're not using this medication, which um, it may increase that risk of causing complications with that. Uh, I have also heard of uh, pancreatitis being reported with this medication. Uh, so that is something to pay attention to as well. If you've got a patient with a you know, substantial history of pancreatitis or issues with other ma- medications that have caused pancreatitis, uh, we may want to use uh, liraglutide a little more cautiously in a patient like that. Now, what kind of A1C lowering can we expect? And what kind of weight loss can we expect or is anticipated with liraglutide? So first off, let's talk diabetes. Uh, A1C reductions are usually going to be in the range of 1 up to maybe 1.5. So that is definitely significant. And obviously, we can do a lot better uh, when we get a new patient in and we do, you know, diabetes education and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Adding on the medication as well as the education piece, we can definitely get, you know, certainly... uh, bigger drops than that. Um, but just the, the medication is typically going to be associated with a 1 to 1.5 uh, reduction in A1C. Uh, weight loss. Now, this dosing is a little bit different, and I have seen this come up on pharmacology exams and board exams, uh, just understanding the, the dosing difference there. So the max dose is actually up to 3 milligrams when we're talking about weight loss. So that's an important uh, distinction there. Again, we're going to titrate that probably every week. So again, start at 0.6 milligrams and titrate up potentially to to 3 milligrams, obviously, as tolerated. Uh, A couple other things I I wanted to mention, uh, DPP-4 inhibitors. So that's like your citagliptin. We do not want to use these together with a drug like liraglutide. Uh, They work 
along the same pathway, and you're kind of creating a, a duplication there. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, like ambulatory care, pharmacotherapy, BCMTMS, geriatrics exam, psychiatric exam, or the NAPLEX exam, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a great list of resources that will definitely help prepare you uh, for your exam. Uh, if you're a nurse, provider, other healthcare professional listening, want to learn more about pharmacology, uh, we've got a lot of books on case studies, clinical pearls, all sorts of different information based upon real-world experience and what I've seen out in practice. So again, go check out all those resources. Uh, support the sponsor at meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's wrap up with drug interactions. So when I think of liraglutide uh, and GLP-1s in general, I don't think of a ton of drug interactions. Um, hypoglycemia, which I, I did kind of fail to mention in potential adverse effects, uh, when used by itself, it's pretty low risk as far as hypoglycemia. Um, but of course, we've got to think about insulin, sulfonylureas. When we use liraglutide in combination with those, that hypoglycemia risk is going to increase. So that's important, certainly, to, to pay attention to. Uh, metformin, if we started at the same time, especially as liraglutide, which I generally don't recommend, um, we can definitely have some additive GI adverse effects. So typically, we're going to add one, titrate it up, make sure they're tolerating it, uh, and, and go on from there, potentially adding a, a second agent as A1C uh, needs and as A1C dictates. One thing I, I did fail to, to mention, um, that nausea adverse effect can subside a little bit. Uh, and that's true with both metformin and liraglutide. So as long as it's not incredibly severe, pa patients aren't vomiting, that type of thing, Usually, we can in inform the patients that for most people, uh, that nausea adverse effect is going to get a little bit better. Again, something we're going to have to monitor, uh, talk through with our patients and make sure they're on the same page and it's not too severe. Um, but hopefully, in most patients, uh, that first week or two of using liraglutide, uh, that is going to be the worst as far as the uh, nausea goes. Not always 100%, but in many, many patients, uh, that is definitely true. Uh, other things I, I think about as far as drug interactions go, I think of opposing effects. So I always look for drugs that cause weight gain if we're using Saxenda, for example, to promote weight loss. So classic example here would be a mirtazapine uh, that can cause weight gain, certainly. So again, look at those medications. Make sure we aren't using a weight gaining type medication before we uh, add on a drug like uh, the brand name uh, Saxenda. Uh, and then, of course, thinking about blood sugars and diabetes, we want to watch out for drugs that can raise blood sugars. So uh, corticosteroids like a prednisone burst, that is the really, really classic example that I've seen a lot in clinical practice. So just paying attention, making sure that we aren't doing more harm with good and opposing effects of other medications uh, like liraglutide um, and causing this yin-yang type of thing where uh, we're using one drug to treat the adverse effects of another drug. Uh, 
All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you benefited from it. Uh, go sign up, reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free 31-page PDF of the top 200 drugs uh, absolutely for free. Simply takes an email. All it takes is an email there. Uh, also, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, that is greatly appreciated. Appreciated, and I am uh, really humbled by all the uh, kind words that uh, people have had for the podcast. So uh, definitely helps uh, keep me going and um, uh, helps support the podcast and allows other people to see it. Uh, send out an email, message, uh, share us with friends, colleagues, students that you may work with, anyone that could benefit from pharmacology education. I greatly appreciate that. If you want to track me down, Eric Christensen, LinkedIn. Otherwise, you can uh, track me down at mededucation101 at gmail.com if you have any comments or concerns. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day.